0: It is good to be back with y'all. Last uh, this past week, my family and I went down to the beach. You can probably tell because of how tan I am. And uh, so I, I walked in, and somebody said, "Man, it doesn't even look like you went to the beach." And I said, "Well, that's because I wear like 100 SPF, which is uh, which is that is my favorite thing in the world. So every morning I get up, I lather up. My goal is to come back, and y'all have no idea that I've been anywhere. And so I think I've succeeded." Uh, you know, being here today, last Sunday, we we didn't get to worship here, so it's always fun to come back and, and to worship with y'all. Y'all, you know, we are so, I know this for, for me anyway, I'm just so spoiled and blessed to be able to have James and our band lead us, and I'm, I am grateful for them, and so it's just a lot of fun to come here and to let them lead us in worship. Now, today we are continuing our study through the book of Daniel, and so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10, And I told y'all, just in the last, really the last six months, as I've been reading through the book of Daniel, this is becoming more and more one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And of course, we've already talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the the three guys that went to the furnace. Today, it is the other famous story in the book of Daniel, and that is Daniel and the lion's den. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so that's Daniel chapter six, and we'll be looking in verse number 10 in a few moments. Now, before we get there, uh, one of my favorite TV shows when I, was, when I was younger was the show Cheers. I don't know if any of y'all ever watched that. Um, I don't think I was even allowed to watch it, but I made my way into the room and was able to watch it. And when the show would start out, course, you know Cheers, it's the place where... Everybody knows your name. All right, y'all doing good. Everybody knows your name. And one of the main characters or the big guys that would always walk in at the beginning of the show was Norm. Y'all remember Norm? Norm would walk in and he would, everybody would say, hey, Norm, how you doing? And he always had some like little pithy saying uh, that he would have. Now, one of my favorite ones is when he walked in and they said, how you doing? And he said, well, it's a dog eat dog world and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Y'all, y'all remember that? I just I just love that one and so that 's always stuck with me and I know for some of us we feel like we feel the same way we feel like you know it 's a dog eat dog world, and everybody is after me i mean it doesn 't matter what I do it doesn 't matter what 's going on or how good I think things are. there is somebody that 's always out there to get me and regardless i mean man i 'm just going it 's going to be a bad day I just know it uh, one of my uh, y'all, I'm just giving. I, I watch TV shows. Um, I also, have y'all ever heard of the Darwin Awards? Uh, anyway, these are people that die in stupid ways. We're not going to get that morbid in here. I'm just going to share with you a honorable mention. You can only be honorable mention if you don't die. And this is, a, this is actually a true story. There's a couple of guys out shooting, uh, they're doing archery practice and they were shooting at a target, and the guy shot his arrow over the target, an expensive arrow, couldn't find it. They looked around, and he told his friend, he said, you stay here, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try to shoot on the sh- same trajectory. And then, and then you look for it when it comes down, and maybe we'll find my other arrow. And so his friends stayed down at the other target, and you might already be figuring this out. And so his friends, he said, are you ready? He said, I'm ready. He said, shoot. So he shoots the arrow. Y'all, no lie, the arrow hits the guy between the eyes. Um, he doesn't die. He lives. Of course, Brian, he was from Louisiana. Shocker. Um, so anyway, uh, so he, he falls over. He goes to the hospital, all that stuff. Now, there, there are some of us who feel like we are that guy. You know, there are times when life will hit you between the eyes. I mean, it doesn't matter how good your intentions are. There's always going to be something that's going to strike you and knock you down. All right, so obviously this is going to be a positive message today. Now, when things like that happen, the question becomes, how do we survive? You know, as, as we go through life, and, and what you discover as you go through life more and more, is that there's just times when just bad stuff happens. There's just times as you go through life when everything doesn't work out your way. And, and for some of us, we feel like very much like Daniel in our text today. We are caught in the lion's den. And is there any way we can get out? Well, what we're going to see today in our text is Daniel was a man who was literally in the lion's den. And there's a reason why he was in the lion's den. And things looked bleak for him, but the question was, would he be able to survive it? Would he be able to work his way through the lion's den? And, and some of you might have that question for yourself today. Is there any way, as I go through life, that I'm going to be able to make it out of the lion's den in life? And that's what's so cool about Daniel. As Daniel faced the lion's den, one thing that I glean from this message today or from this story today is that Daniel was a man even in the midst of the lion's den, he hung on to God. He hung on to his faith. It would have been very easy for him to say, well, thanks a lot, God. Look what's happened to me now for following you. But instead, he trusted God. And that's my hope for you and for me today is that we will learn even in the midst of the lion's den that we can trust God. Now, Daniel, going back to the beginning of the story, he had been in Jerusalem. He was taken into captivity in Babylon. Very early on, they learned out this is a gifted guy. And it's a guy very gifted. As a matter of fact, he became a counselor to the king. Even when regimes changed, Daniel was still a counselor to the king. But what happened to Daniel as time went on? Well, as time went on, people didn't like Daniel. His coworkers didn't like him. Why didn't they like him? they were jealous of him. I mean, he's a, a guy who's been in captivity and he rises to the top. He's a guy who's been in captivity and he's a man who begins to win favor with other leaders. And so his coworkers, they tried to do whatever they could to throw him under the bus. Now, there's some of you and you might feel like right now you're in the lion's den. You might be in the lion's den at work, you might be in the lion's den at home, you might be in the lion's den in some of your relationships, and the question for you very well could be the same question that was presented before Daniel, and that is, how do I hang on to my faith even in the midst of the lion's den? Well, today we're going to see a few ways that we can remain true to our faith even in the midst of the lion's den. And the very first way we can hang on to our faith is this, to be faithful regardless of Of circumstances. Okay, that is not the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, it's easy for me to be faithful to God when I feel like or whenever I experience the presence and the power of God in my life. But what about when I'm outnumbered? What what happens whenever I feel like that everything is against me? That's where Daniel was. And yet what we're going to see from Daniel is he said, you know what, I'm going to be faithful to my God. I'm going to hang on to his promises regardless of what my circumstances are. And this is what we're going to see in, in verse number 10. Daniel learned that a document had been signed, and he went to his house. The window in the upper room, in his upper room, opened towards Jerusalem, and what did he do? Three times a day, he got down on his knees, and what? The Bible says he prayed, and he gave thanks to God, just as he'd done before. Then the men went as a group and found Daniel. These are his co-workers and they were petitioning and imploring his God. And so they approached the king and they asked about his edict. And they said, didn't you sign an edict that said for 30 days that you're not supposed to pray to anyone except for you? And so what happened? Well, so he said, if, you, if anybody does this, then they're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And the king answered, he said, as the law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. And then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. All right, a little backdrop here. Now, the the, the co-workers of Daniel, they were jealous of him. They were jealous of him because he had risen in power. He was a guy who had done better than they had done. And so they tried to concoct a plan where they could derail Daniel from his success at work so that they could take his place. And so they began to try to dig up dirt on Daniel. Hey, let's find out where Daniel is weak and we can present it to the king. And so they began to dig into his life. And you know what they found? This is the dirt they found on Daniel. And this would be great if this was the dirt that was found on you and me when somebody digs into our lives. They came together and said, this guy is so bad, he prays. I mean, isn't that great? If that's the worst thing that could be said about you, Dan, he's, he prays three times a day. Can you all believe that? The horror. And so he prays three times a day. So what they did is they went to the king. And they said, king, why don't we make an edict? Because you are an incredible king. And let's tell everybody that that they can only pray to you for 30 days. And if they pray to anybody else, then throw them into the lion's den. So they appealed to the king's ego. And the king said, "That's, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Now Daniel prays three times a day. And so he's presented with a dilemma. His circumstances have changed. If you follow God... If you pay homage to God, then you're going to be derailed for it. You're going to be decried for paying homage to God. So how did Daniel respond? Well, before we get to how he responded, I started thinking, how would I have responded? How would you have responded? If people come to you and say, you can't practice your faith like you want to. Y'all, As I live in this world, I'm beginning to realize that that is becoming more and more of a reality. If you honor God, publicly, you can get in trouble for it. Now, in this case, I start thinking about, you know, for 30 days, you can't pray. I, I start You can only pray to the king. I start thinking, okay, there's two ways that I could have responded to this in my mind. One, I'd say, well, I'm going to take a 30-day break. You know, I don't, wanna, I don't know about y'all, but lions, they sort of scare me. You know, if I'm going to be lunch, I'd prefer not lions to be the ones eating me. And so I'd say, well, one, I'm not going to I'm not pray for 30 days, or two, I'm going to secretly Pray so that nobody knows what in the world I'm doing. Well, the great writer and biblical preacher Paul told us that we are to hang on to our faith in Jesus regardless of circumstances. And he said, because if we don't, then we will be tossed to and fro by the waves of life. And Paul went on to tell us, he said, this is what happens when you anchor yourself in Jesus and not in your circumstances. He said in Ephesians 4.14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful thinking. He said, you will be firm and steady when you hang on to Jesus, regardless of circumstances. When I was a senior in high school, I went on a senior trip to Cancun, Mexico, Came back just as white as I am now, and so we went there. And as soon as we got there, we, we all went to the beach. It was beautiful. I'd never been to any place like that. So we got to the beach, and a couple of my buddies. I said, "We're gonna get we're gonna get a sailboat, and we're gonna go out." And I was like, well, "That sounds cool. I'd, I'd never been in a sailboat before." But I didn't go. I was scared. So y'all go up first, and maybe I'll ride later. So they went out. And I'm you know I'm swimming around and look out, and it's it's just beautiful seeing the sailboat on the you know on that blue water. But out of nowhere, a storm came in. And I mean, it was crazy. When uh, The rain was going sideways. I looked out, and I had gone under tent. I was eating a hamburger. And I noticed that they were getting further and further out. And then I could no longer see them on the horizon. This is in the day you know, before cell phones, you know, when you had bag phones. And so we did not have our bag phones with us. And so I'm like, man, I can't see this guy anymore. And so I, went to a, I had to go to a fisherman. And I said, we can't see our friends out there. He's like, yeah, I saw them going out. We had to pay him $50, and we got in the boat and we went out to try to rescue our friends. I mean, it was bad. And so we get out there and we finally catch up to them. Then it became sort of humorous because as the wind is howling, we can't see them in the boat. They are hunkered down like two little chickens, you know, just sitting there, you know, shivering, but the sail was still up. And so as the wind's blowing, I mean, they're just getting blown out into the Gulf of Mexico. The sail's still up, they're not anchored down, and the captain begins to yell at them put down the sail. And so they finally put down the sail. We got up beside them. They were able to, you know, bring them back into shore. And they of course, the captain of the boat, the, the, the guy that had the fishing boat, he's chewing them out, telling them about how stupid they were. And then as, as, as I thought about this from a spiritual aspect, I said, you know, in so many ways, that's what happens to us. There are storms that come along, and we are not anchored down. We, live, we leave the sail up for this life, trying to enjoy it, and we're getting ripped out into the sea, and we're scared to death. That's why Paul said you want to anchor yourself in God so that you will not be tossed to and fro by the waves of life. Now, how did Daniel respond when he was attacked by circumstances? Well, if you look back at verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, the windows in its upper room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, he prayed and gave thanks to God just as he had done before before and amazing he just continued to do what he'd always done now why did he do that because he believed that his god was bigger than his circumstances because he made the decision that he'd rather honor the one who is eternal as opposed to honoring this life and this group of people that are temporary Now, guys, if if we're going to be grown-up, mature believers, and I'm speaking to myself as well, we have to make grown-up, mature decisions that we are going to anchor ourselves into the God of Scripture who is eternal and not live according to our circumstances. Because if you do that, you're going to go crazy. Circumstances change all the time. Now, when God gives a promise, the Bible teaches us that God keeps his word. When the world gives a promise, let me tell you something, it's temporary. God's promises are eternal. We're told in Joshua 23, 14, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled, not one has failed. So how can we remain true to our faith? Well, the first thing is to be faithful regardless of circumstances. What did Daniel do? He did as he had always done. He got down on his knees. He prayed. Now, when, when times are tough and difficult, how can we remain true to our faith? Well, here's the second one. Have a commitment to God, not people. Have a commitment to God, not people. Now, look with me in verse number uh, 14. It says, as soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased when he heard about Daniel. It says he set his mind on rescuing Daniel. Remember, he loved Daniel. And he made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went to the king and said to him, You know, you as king know, it it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. And so the king gave the order. They brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve, whom you continually serve, rescue you. Now if I were Daniel... It would have been easy for me to place my hope and my trust in people. Remember, he was well-respected by the king. I, I would have said, you know what, I'm going to be okay because the king, King Darius, he's on my side. Now, what Daniel was to learn was that even the king was very limited in his powers. You know, when I, when I first read this story, again, just in the last couple of weeks, one of my first thoughts was, why didn't the king just change the law, right? I mean, he made the law, said, so you can only pray to me. I mean, but, but he loves Daniel. And then Daniel gets arrested. I mean, why didn't the king just say, you know what? Yeah, let's just, uh, let's just take that law back. I'm not going we're not going to do that. That's, this is stupid. Here's what's interesting. Now, this is where it's kind of nice to know some history. And I, when I look this up, the, the king, the king of the Medes and Persians, whenever they made a decree, when they made a law, they were seen as being infallible, as men who never made mistakes. And so if the king would have changed the law, it's kind of interesting, if he would have changed the law, he would have been admitting that he was wrong. And that would have hurt his prestige. So he was kind of like in a catch-22, love Daniel, but he loves power. And he says, if I change the law, then I will lose respect. And so he was in a position where he could not change the law. He couldn't protect Daniel. So I, I would have trusted in the king. Then if I, that wouldn't have worked out, I would have trusted in my co-workers. I mean, Daniel's been an honorable servant for years. At this point, Daniel, Daniel's an old man here. Daniel has worked for the king. People have seen that he's a man of integrity. He's a hard worker. He's a man who makes good decisions. But what did his coworkers do? Well, they, they wanted to throw him under the bus because they wanted his place of power. They didn't like where his honesty And where his relationship with God had gotten him. And you know, that there are a lot of us who experience the bite of life when we place our hope and our confidence in people instead of God. Because you know what people always do? We always fail. We will always let you down. Y'all, everybody in this room fails and disappoints. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You don't want to put all your marbles, all your, all your eggs in one basket, saying, I will trust my friends and my family and the people around me to take care of me and to lead me and guide me. If you do that, that is so short-sighted because people fail. And people are temporary. But you know who's not? It's God. The Bible says God is eternal. eternal. That's why it's interesting to me when I look at Daniel, he gets thrown into the lion's den. You don't see anywhere in our text where Daniel starts whining to the king saying, King, come get me. What does he do? He talks to God. To me, that is a neat thing. He encounters trouble and he goes to God. You know what's typical for me? I encounter trouble and I start griping to people. Help me. One of the last things I do is go to God first. Daniel has a faith and a confidence in God so much that as he encounters difficulty, he doesn't go to the king and say, help me. He goes to God, whom he knows is the true source of his help. He's sold out. This is an example of a man who is sold out to God. More and more, we need believers who are sold out to God. God who are placing their hope and their trust and their confidence that what God says is true. God, do you want to see this world change? Me and you, people like me and you, we need to believe this book. We need to believe what God says. We need to trust in the power and the authority of what God says in his word. It's being sold out. Let me give you an example of being sold out. There was an explorer, a Spanish explorer named Hernando Cortez. And they'd already been to the New World once, and he went back, and he was talking to the, uh, the, the king of Spain, and he told him, I want to, he said, when I was in Mexico, there, there's so many treasures there, treasures there, there's, there's gold, there's silver, I want to take a group of men and get all those treasures and then come back. The king was so excited about it, he gave him 11 ships and 700 men to travel to Mexico. They got in their ships, they went over there. Cortez was so devoted and determined that as soon as they landed, the first thing he did was he burned all 11 ships. Because he told his men, I want us not to be focused on the past. I want us to be focused on the future. And I thought, that is sold. And that's crazy but that is sold out. Believers, we need that kind of a commitment if we're going to see this world change. Now, whenever I look into our text, I say, you know, how do we remain true to our faith? Remain true to our faith by being faithful regardless of circumstances. To have a commitment to God, not people. And that's the last one. We we can hang on to our faith when we take courage because God's on our side. We take courage because God's on our side. Now, I'm going to read you the last few verses, uh, starting in verse 19. It says, at the first light of dawn, this is after Daniel's been thrown into the lion's den says so the king got up and hurried to the lions' den and when he reached the den he cried out in anguish to Daniel Daniel servant of the living God the king said has your god whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions and then Daniel spoke with the king may the king live forever my god sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths they haven't hurt me for i was found innocent before him Also, I have not committed a crime against you, my king. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. And so Daniel was taken out of the den uninjured, for he had trusted in his God. Now, I'm sure that when Daniel was in the lion's den, he was scared. I mean, don't you think so? My guess is he's scared death. My guess is he felt alone. Did he have any right to feel alone? Man, you better believe it. I mean, he is. But here's the deal. As a believer... In the big picture things. This is so much easier to say than do. He had nothing to fear. Because if God be for us, then who can be against us? I mean, right? Isn't that a verse in the Bible? If God be for us, who can be against us? It's Romans 8.31. That's easy to say. But do we believe that? Now, some of you might be in the lion's den right now. And I know. And so I talk to people in the church. There are some of you who are facing trials And tribulations that you feel like it is threatening to tear you limb from limb. Some of you, you are undergoing stresses in your marriage. You're undergoing stresses with addictions. You're undergoing stresses with your finances. And you very well might be saying, you know what, I feel like I am caught up in the lion's den. And there is no way out. And you know what, if you're in the lion's den without God, you're in trouble. But here's the good news you have the opportunity to experience the same thing that Daniel did. What did he experience? He experienced what it was like for the lion's mouths to be shut. He experienced what it was like to survive a trial in the midst of the lion's death. He experienced what it was like to have victory over fear. You know, fear is a natural emotion, but where we get into trouble is when we allow fear to dominate and paralyze us to where we don't even move. And you might be in that state today, you might be in a state of paralysis, and you're thinking, man, I need help. Here's the deal, God, God can help us. God can get us through. You might say, how do you know that? Well, Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What does that mean? It means if you're in a lion's den, God, God's with you. If you're struggling in life, God is there. God has the ability and the power to give you strength in the midst of stress. Now, at one time or another, all of us are going—we're going to end up in the lion's den at one time or another. When we do, the question is: How, how do we hang on to our faith and have hope? When I look at Daniel's life, that's what I see. He was faithful to God regardless of circumstances. He was committed to God, not people, and he took courage. God's on the side. Because that's good news for us. God is here. God is just simply waiting for us to trust